to get, if you guys have a skull out there with molars that are really fucking big, just give me one of those and I'll just slap it together. That way we do like the, those cut edit things. We know where the fuck to go. I think it would be sick that I would have a skull. Anyway. Hi, I am Nashi. I am hosting the Happy Dagger podcast and I'm a tattoo artist here in town. I have what is called schizoaffective disorder and yeah, we're going to get started talking about it today. And so just kind of like a brief overview and everything. I'm a tattoo artist here at Nasty Tattoos in Los Banos, California. I am also a body piercer here. And then um, I'm a film ta- artist, but uh, <laughs> I feel awkward about it. But anyway, I also have schizoaffective disorder. And that's kind of like mine is like a mix of schizophrenia along with bipolar disorder. And so just for anybody who's like not aware out there and everything, you hear voices, see shit and everything, you can check it out in previous episodes where I talk a little bit more in depth about it. But um, I wanted to start the podcast, this whole podcast in general, to kind of bring awareness to mental health care, um, the mental health concerns and illnesses and stuff, because it really sucks when you're like 13, 12 and everything, you get diagnosed with some shit and you think that your life's just going to go down the fucking drain because they tell you you have a psychotic disorder and all you've seen on fucking TV or in media is just this fucking basket case who's been locked up for fucking 20 plus years chatting some fucking pigeons that shit sucks so i just wanted to you know just let people know that like when you get a diagnosis like that or something like depression and everything your life isn't just fucked you know you can go out there and you know have different avenues for expression like artwork or for tattooing if you want to be like me or even anything like dance music or whatever artwork is a fantastic way to get the the all of those fucking, you know, mental health issues and everything out there. For the very least, they're not going to be bottled up inside of you, you know. Because I tell you that fucking when I say that I use art for so much kinds of venting and expressions and mixing through all these fucking emotions get caught up inside of me and everything. Or even just expressing the voices in my head and the visual things that I see. It has become such a fucking, you know, like a, what's it called? Alternative medicine kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh... Yeah, I wanted to bring awareness to that. I wanted to, you know, let you guys know I'm here to listen to you. I'm here to offer any kind of help, fucking, you know, help that I can. Obviously, I'm not a doctor, so I can't, you know, prescribe you guys shit or anything. But I can at the very least be an ear to listen. And, yeah, I can be an ear to listen, talk about art, get you guys inspired, and get into further detail about, you know, different artists who also have mental health conditions and see, you know, that this is like, you know, Van Gogh, how he went through all of his bullshit and everything. Him, and I, th- I personally think he was bipolar, too. But... Everything that he did and everything that he built, all of his name and everything, he did it despite his his illnesses and stuff. So, but that's kind of like my why. My why is I just want to help you guys out. I don't want to help myself out. Plus, I like talking a lot. So, if you ever fucking know me, I don't, I don't really shut up that often. <laughs> Unless I feel awkward, in which case I'm just like, oh, fuck help, you know. Or if I'm focusing on something, then, then it's like hyperfixation mode. So... That's kind of like my why. And then today, just kind of do like a catch up and everything. I wanted to just kind of, you know, get back into things slowly and shit. Cause it's been a while since we last podcasted. I think it's been like maybe like a year, I want to say. It's been like a year. Yeah. So uh, maybe a little bit more than that. But a lot of shit has happened since then. 2023 has been kind of a big, uh, a big stew of different shit and everything. So not a bad or anything, but 22? Yeah. This is 20. Oh shit. Are we, what did I say? Ah, I fucked up already. That's okay. But uh, yeah, 2022 has just been a lot, I guess. Not in a bad way. So just been a lot of shit happening. Start with work. Work's been kind of, uh, the winter always typically gets a little bit slow. Oh, my fucking knee. 
But what's your typically gets kind of slow just because, you know, people are saving up for the holidays and shit. People spend all their monies on the holiday and everything. And then people, they kind of start waiting for uh, tax season to come in like February. And so winter's been kind of slow, but I've got some really cool pieces. And I did like this really cool nun on somebody's arm a while ago. I think it was maybe like a couple weeks ago, I want to say. But um, it's kind of like one of the semi-realism kind of things. It's almost kind of makes a trash polka or like a sketchy kind of art style. And I fucking love that shit. I want to do more of it. Just because the texture you can play around with, it is really fun. <laughs> Excuse me. But um, it's really fun to play around with. It reminds me a lot of like Bendy and the Ink Machine. If you ever play that video game, it's uh, it's really fucking sick on Steam. It's an indie game, though. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> the sound. Sorry. It's okay. But... Uh, it's a really cool art style. I recommend it to anybody who's interested. I really want to do more of it. Trash polka. Um, as far as other work-related things goes, we had a special going recently. It was a special for, like, you know, like literally maybe within the last week or two, about, uh, like, a $45 special, you know, $10 off piercings and stuff. But we do post specials regularly at the shop, and you can just see it on our pages. And so if you want to keep tabs on that and everything, I'm sure we're going to have another one coming up sometime in fucking February, in January, you know, just kind of welcoming the new year. And, uh... That's another thing new about the shop. Other than that, it's kind of been a lot of the same kind of stuff. You know, a lot of the same uh, shit with it. As far as artwork though goes, though, that's kind of where I feel like there's been a lot of progression in it because I, I get really excited about it. And then, um, hands nosh. I get really excited about my artwork, and I've been taking a lot of influence recently from um, one of the Ninja Turtles series. The most recent one, 2018, is The Rise of the Ninja Turtles. And I've been super excited about it because there's lots of really cool little details and artwork in it, and that's the whole reason I started watching the series is because it is so bright and colorful, but there's a lot of contrast in there also with the cityscape and everything, having these dark tones with these, like, deep indigos and magentas and shit. But the line work itself is really cool, too. So I'm going to go point by point in it and everything and kind of bring in the influences I want to bring into my own artwork as well. The... Um, the art and everything, line work. Line work is it, it, what it is in artwork, what it is and everything is kind of outline you see on like drawings or pictures and stuff. That is line work. And with line work, you can have what's called line weight. And so some lines are going to be thicker than others, some going to be thinner than others. And that line weight will dictate and everything in perspective to the drawing and everything, how close or how far something is from you, from the viewer. And so uh, what I noticed a lot of times in this series is they use a lot of a um, sketchier kind of, you know, more patchy line work and everything, but they use it when it's closer to the viewer, so it's easier to see. And the farther away the object is and everything, the like, cleaner its line work is, which I think is really fucking cool because it means that the character doesn't get lost in the background of a scene. And so it's kind of one of those like art influences I wanted to bring into my work because my artwork, I'd like to think it is also very kind of like sketchy in a way. It's kind of sketchy, the, a lot of playing around with the line work there. It's not really clean and consistent. But I think with that, it adds a really cool element of texture into like mo motion and stuff. Like when the character grabs something, they have it kind of coming close to the hand and you see just these lines that are a bit sketchier. They come back to the character. They don't close all the way completely. They don't close all the way cleanly. But I just think it's a really cool like little detail they have. And then even sometimes with the same line weight, they'll go ahead and do like a duochrome effect where they have one side of the line and everything is completely normal. It's fine. looks clean and shit. But the other side of it and everything like that will have like a little bit faint like trace of like, yellow or blue or red or whatever, you know just kind of add a bit more dimension into it and it's very subtle but you'd see it in a lot of scenes especially like in uh, action scenes it just kind of adds a bit more texture another thing I want to talk about it and everything is the colors because color palettes a really big thing in art it's one of those main things that actually kind of drew my attention to the series it's how bright they are and it's like it changes from scene to scene as far as you know the tones and everything if they want to do something that more warm toned or cool toned and it plays a lot into like the mode and the, the mood of a scene 
And it's like, I noticed also like certain movies like Ratatouille, I fucking love the beautiful lighting on it. And that's kind of another one of those things I wanted to include in my comic book and everything like that, or include in my artwork, is that kind of ability to bring that really high pigmentation of color and everything into scenes and be able to play with the lighting involving it. And then one other thing about the lighting, also then I'll shut the fuck the fucking lighting of the scenes and shit. It's just one of the things I thought was really cool. The lighting, it is, um, you have certain like elements, like say for example you have a lamp in the scene, the closer you get to that lamp, to that light bulb and everything, you start seeing what's called these little comic book dots. And these little dots just coming off of certain things and it's just kind of, it helps kind of create the, the illusion of illumination. And it's really fucking cool. I love it. And it's just one of those like tiny detail things you wouldn't normally see until somebody mentions it and you're like, oh yeah, I did see that. Or that's really cool. I didn't notice that before. And so it's just another piece of artwork and everything, like another kind of like medium that it, there's so much potential there. You know, and I, I get really excited about it. <laughs> uh, other than that, though, as far as the character designs go in the whole Rise of the Ninja Turtles series, I love the way that they kind of give each character their own kind of shape because it also adds into the personality and it kind of adds into, like, the whole uh, depiction of the character. Like, for example, Raph, Raphael, he's depicted as the oldest turtle in the series right now. And he's very he's very sturdy, he's strong, he's reliable and everything, but he's depicted as, like, a square shape. And everything he has is, like, a square shape, too. And so the square itself and everything is a very balanced shape. And it's like you don't get a lot of instability and movement and whatever like that. And that kind of shows that his character is very similar to that. He's the one you can rely on. But they did that with, every, with all the turtles. I think Leo's, like, triangle. I don't fucking know why he's a triangle. Donnie is a square. No, he's a rectangle because he's, like, also... He's also kind of reliable too, but he's also kind of a bit, he's a bit kind of out there. And then like Mikey and Mikey's like a ball because he's kinetic energy. It's bouncing, it's moving around and shit. But he's a really fun character and he's got fucking, he's that wild card. And so they each have like a, des- a designated shape and a color and everything like that, which I think is really cool because obviously it target is, targets kids for that. But at the same time, it also shows a lot about the character as well. But uh, Rise of the Ninja Turtles, I fucking recommend it. It's a great series. I know people fucking give it shit and everything for whatever fucking reason. I know they don't like the way they fucking they depict Leo in it. But I totally recommend it. It's fun. The artwork's beautiful. And it's worth a watch. And so I currently think right now we're re-watching, like, we're, we started season two again. So we're starting season two. And I really love it. And the movie is really good. The movie, I've got, ugh, I love the movie. Wait. <sighs> I love the movie so much. I won't give away. But the monster designs are fantastic. That's another thing about the series I really love, too, is the kind of the creatures and the monsters that they have. Because some of them are like, who the fuck would think about a, a, a giant man pig with tentacle hands that he had to shove into fucking gloves to have actual hands? And this guy was a chef. And so it's like, who the fuck would think about that? Let alone fucking, you know, ninja teenage turtles and shit. You know, mutants. But, uh, yeah. That's as far as I can think of right now in regards to the series. Um, as far as art influences go, those are the kind of the details that I want to incorporate. I want to incorporate more things like my playing around with the line work and with the color palettes and the lighting and shit, especially with like the whole idea of having a cityscape because of my comic book and everything like that, which I, you know, I've talked about before, but, um, it takes place in like a city in hell. And so I want to include that kind of like, influence of the cityscape in it just because you have such this big fucking place with so much fucking potential as far as the designs and lighting goes. I feel like right now I'm not currently utilizing that very much in the story, but I would very much like to because it's fun. It's different. And so I get things just being more open and drawing different subjects, different subject matter and stuff because it's like I get very much caught up in my whole kind of goals for what I want from my artwork and my comic book and everything like that. That kind of, you know, don't look at everything. That's why certain things are so hard, like things like, you know, landscapes, things like cityscape and stuff because it's like I've never felt the urge to draw a fucking building until I needed to draw a building for a scene. And now it's like, well, how do I draw that? And then it completely baffles me because there's people out there who do that shit for fun, like architects who – 
I don't know what goes on in architect's head, but I think they're fucking cool as shit because they can look at a building and go like, oh yes, I see. That is a very nice banister. And I'm just like, okay, can you tell me more about that, please? I want to know. Especially the things like cathedrals, the fucking, you know, the, the, oh my God, I don't fucking go off about that shit. About the architecture on cathedrals and shit like that because they're so fucking grandiose and everything. They're huge. <coughs> and um, the whole architecture, the whole like point behind it is supposed to be intimidating. And I fucking love that. I love that, that somebody looked at that and they're like, let me draw this building, but scary. And they're just like going through and creating this design that's meant to, you know, invoke a certain feeling and intimidation in people. And it's kind of, it is fucking nuts, you know. So I guess that that's one of those things I've never really thought about having to draw. I've never had to draw, like, you know, intimidating tattoo shop building and everything. But here I am fucking just thumbing through different fucking ideas on Pinterest to kind of figure out how can I make this building scary, you know, because it's something I've never had to draw before. And so I feel like being open to those kind of new experiences and being able to fucking say, oh, you know what? I don't fucking like this. Let me erase that. Let me start over again. That's one of those, like, lessons I learned from my boss, Pete, and everything that I still really hold on to. The not being afraid to use the eraser. Don't be afraid to erase shit. Start over completely again. It's nothing, There's no shame in it, and there's nothing bad about it. It doesn't mean that you failed. It doesn't mean that your art sucks. It just simply means that you need to try it again. And I feel like that's one of those things that it... I need to remind myself constantly because I'm looking at my pictures as I'm working on it. I'm like, fuck, this sucks. This, this, you know, isn't turning out the way I want it to. How can I do this? How can I change that? And it's like, no, no, it's okay. Just take a step away for a minute. Take a step for like five minutes. Come back to it when you're ready. Or you can come back to it the next day, the next two days, and then start working on it again. Because sometimes it's easy to get frustrated in that pit, especially if, you know, you're working out of your emotions for a picture. Like if you're expressing an emotion or like, you know, hallucination or whatever like that, you're going through some shit and everything up here. And it's like, you can't get that fucking feeling that you want on fucking paper. And it's like frustrating because you're trying to get it out. You're trying to vent it out and everything but it's just not going so that's when it's important to take a step back and everything because sometimes it's just not going to fucking go and it's just making you more upset but um when you do come back to it and everything will be easier it'll you know maybe not be perfect the way that you want it to be but it'll be what you can do in the moment and that's what matters because that's what you need but um i think as far as artwork goes other ways i've kind of grown in the last year it would be hmm my lettering, my blood, no, I know my lettering has gotten a lot better. I know that because Martha, she was uh, talking to me about it and everything. And the whole thing about lettering and tattooing and with uh, just calligraphy in general and everything, you could tell a lot about a person's hand and the way that they write and the way that they dr like, draw the letters because that's one of those ways that we get judged at first as apprentices and everything, at least from my, from my uh, learnings of it. We get judged a lot on our line work based off the lettering that we do. And so how clean you can pull this A, if you can make this A match that A at the end of the fucking name, then it's like that is a judge of, you know, how well you are doing. So that's another recommendation I have for beginning artists. Fucking work on your handwriting. Work on your handwriting, work on your letters, because in the end it'll help a lot more, especially when you're drawing something that is uses a lot of different kinds of line weight and stuff. Like if I'm doing line, line weight, I'm drawing a line from up top here and I want it to kind of get bolder as I come down to depict and everything more weight towards the bottom or to heavier shadow towards the bottom of my picture, then it's kind of, I need to be able to rely on my steady hand to be able to gradually add pressure as I'm going down and be able to lighten it back up as I come back up again. But, uh, I forgot. I lost my place. <laughs> I do this a lot. I lose my place a lot. That's completely fine because my ADHD brain just like, let's fucking go. And then it just doesn't come back. It's like a fucking ping pong ball. Ping pong ball? Yeah, without somebody on the other side. You just hit it and it goes. <laughs> I think it's ping pong. Okay. Yeah. Because my head went ping pong like from fucking inside out. <laughs> no. No, I have, that, I have that audio stuck in my head. I don't know where the fuck it's from, but... Um, I think, fuck, I lost my place.
progression of artwork. Uh, the thing I'm happy about. Happy about my artwork. Progression. Scenery. Architecture. Handwriting. Progression. Have I really progressed? That's another thing about artwork. You'll, ne you'll never feel like you truly get far enough for what you want it to be. You always feel like you need to go farther, but you can't. Yes? Commissions? I did talk about commissions a little bit, yeah. But with my artwork and everything, it always feels like you should be farther than you are, but you're just where you need to be with art, I feel like, you know. I always feel like that. I always sometimes I look at a pic. I got a tattoo recently. I was very intimidated by it. I'm not gonna, I didn't want to tell her I felt intimidated by it, but I did. It was a like a semi-realistic kind of head wig and everything from Harry Potter. I think you can still find it on my Instagram page. But I was I didn't want to tell her I'm slightly intimidated by it because it's not the kind of thing I typically do. It's not the thing I typically draw. And it's something that it I've never really practiced. I don't draw a lot of birds. I don't really ever draw anything like feathers or anything like that for my own fucking free time. And so drawing something like semi-realism is intimidating because it's, it's, there's no line work for me to have to go off of. I have to go off of the stencil purely and look at the shading and the light, look at the shading and the lighting on it and be like, okay, I need this bird to be white, but I can't fucking color it in white, you know? And so it's like, it's one of those things that it is intimidating, but I feel like I made progress on because now I'm getting more, you know, I had a couple more tattoos come in that are kind of like that same kind of style, you know, where they were asking me, hey, can you do this? Can you do this in my realism? And it's like, yeah, I, I think I can. I think, I know, no, I can do it, you know, because it's kind of like, if I tell them I think I can, I'm not going to get that tattoo in. I'm not going to get that chance to be able to practice it. And so I need to be able to do it. But, um... That's kind of one of those things about my artwork I've been really insecure about and everything, especially black and gray work, because it's very easy in tattooing and in artwork itself to be able to hide behind a whole fuck ton of colors. Because for me personally, it's easy to hide behind it because it's a distraction. You know, if I, if I have, you know, my bright red rose right here, you're going to see that, you know, oh, it's a red rose. You're not going to see down here in the little fucking corner, you know, I fucked up the line on this leaf over here and it looks kind of shitty. You're not going to see that, you know, I don't have the best pigmentation in that kind of, you know, bright red and everything. If I have a contrasting with a dark, dark black shadow beneath it, you know. All you're going to see is a bright red rose. Whereas if I have all that color gone and it's just the black and gray, you're going to see, wait a minute, that's something's off here and everything like that. And you look a little bit closer and you go, oh, no, the leaf is fucked up. You know, you do have you know, a bit of patchiness right here. And that's kind of where I feel like with artwork, it's very easy to get comfortable. Because you're like, no, I don't want to do black and gray. I'm not comfortable doing it, so I'm just not going to do it. But then you end up losing on that. You know, you end up losing that opportunity to practice. You end up losing that tattoo to work on. And it's like you're never really going to truly grow that way. So pushing yourself as an artist into things you're not fucking comfortable with is the way you're going to fucking grow. It sucks. It really sucks at first to push yourself like that. But it's it's true. So it I feel like that with the commissions, too. Like I was talking about how it's like drawing things I'm not typically – you know, normally drawing, I feel like that's another way to grow. So it's just whole, this whole time has not been a way of like, I haven't progressed huge or massive amounts or anything, or I'm not, you know, 10 times better than the last time I'd fucking talked on the podcast and shit. But it's still something that is worthwhile mentioning that, you know, artwork is always progressing. Regardless of, you know, where you are in your fucking state, if you're fucking a beginning artist, you know, you feel like you, you progress a lot more, a lot faster and everything, as opposed to if you're an artist who's been, you know, going for fucking, you know, 10 years. Because when you're 10 years, you're like, I've, I've had 10 years to work on this fucking hand and this hand doesn't look any better than it did in my second year. Well, it's like, no, it does look better. You're just being hypercritical of it because, you know, you've been at it for fucking 10 years and you notice these little details, you notice these little flaws and stuff in your work. Whereas, you know, when you're in your second year of drawing and you draw a hand, you're like, fuck yeah, I drew a hand, you know? And so it's like it, it's all progress no matter what. So, yes. Wrap it up. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> I think that was perfect. Oh, okay, cool.
No, you're perfectly fine. I'm trying to do it without, without talking. Yeah, no, I get to get distracted with the hand movements. Kind of like, you know, like a bird or a dog when they think you have a toy in their hand. And they go, like, oh, wait a minute, let me chase that. And they kind of, you get take them out and everything. It's kind of like that. <laughs> like a small animal brain. Huh? Yeah, something like that would be cool. Well, go ahead and just wrap it up. I'll talk about the end of the podcast then. Yeah. Okay, so next time on the podcast, what I want to do, I want to start inc- including uh, interviews with some people. Not every fucking time and everything, obviously, because, you know, that would be, like, a lot to have to get people on for. But so, uh, coming up on the podcast, I want to start having guests on. I want to start having guests to, you know, talk about mental health struggles, about, you know, their journeys, about different kinds of art, different kinds of mediums they use to be able to express, you know, the, everything that they're going through. Because I think that's the coolest shit, because everybody goes through something at a different point in their life and everything. Everybody expresses it differently, and everybody has different kinds of coping mechanisms. So I just have a bunch of ideas for people that I want to talk to I want to share stories I want to you know ask questions because I love fucking learning about that kind of thing I love learning about psychology so if you guys do have any recommendations if you guys have any questions at all for anybody including me or anything please feel free to let us know I'm super interested in it and um, I also want to start talking about, you know, different kinds of artists out there. I want to start covering different artists, people like Van Gogh or Disney or whoever the fuck and everything. Just people who they they have these kind of conditions as well. And they just kind of they use their artwork to get that out. Like it's fucking nuts to do to do to, to do twenty one hundred, you know, fucking pictures in the course of a fucking seven years. That's fucking nuts. Van Gogh did that, by the way. He did like fucking three hundred a fucking year for some fucking reason while he was, you know, in his whole uh, institution. But I want to start covering different artists like that, people who, you know, they go through fucking things like trauma or the war and stuff, and they just start using art as a fucking medium because there's so much to dig up in here. It's so fucking cool. But that's something else I want to do on the podcast. I want to talk about the mental health part. I want to talk maybe even to a doctor or psychologist, whoever like that would be fucking sick. But, um, yeah, that's it for today. Just kind of going over shit, kind of, you know, giving you a brief fucking introduction back into shit again. And uh, I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. You can check us out and everything on the Happy Dogger podcast. I think we have, like, a YouTube. We have fucking uh, TikTok, Instagram, all sorts of shit and everything. It'll be linked up with it. And then, um, so I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Yeah. Skull.